everyone. Welcome to the Puck Around Podcast presented by Fantasy Hockey Network. Episode 7, we're happy to be here as always. Kyle Kagan, Jace Rosen, Stephen Miotto, and myself, Avery Rosen. Woo! We've got a fun show here for you guys. But how, how you fellas doing? How you doing in your matchups? I'm doing all right. I had a rough, rough go last week with all the postponements. But uh, you know what? My guys are coming through. I've kind of had to adapt, and uh, I, I've successfully done that with no modesty possible. <laughs> Slowly but surely, I'm starting to get those man games back. So I am doing better this week, but I've got close matchups in the last day with pretty much all of my matchups. So just waiting for the, the day to end and hopefully still come up on top for all those different leagues. Um, yeah, I'm two and two this week, which is all I can ask for because in two leagues, I have six injuries each and three people who have postponed all of their games. So I'm, I'm happy with, uh, going 500 this week. How about you, Abe? Uh, I'm, uh, I'm close to going three and up in, uh, in all my points leagues, but, uh, it's a battle. The, the man games have been interesting. I'm actually lucky because all of them are relatively close between my matchups and I, and, but it's not easy right now. It's it's a grind, right? You're losing big time players. There is some news though. We're getting back uh, McKinnon today, so that'll be hopefully good for everyone. Kuznetsov as well. I know those grinds. It's slowly coming to back to us. Hopefully those games get kind of shuffled in there mid season too, as opposed to like to all towards the end. Preferable. Um, but we'll see. Yeah. We'll see what happens with postponements. Philly, yeah, preferably. But uh, what I saw last night online, and so you mentioned this last week too, Stephen, like. It's starting to seem like points percentage is going to be going to be like how they're going to justify things or, or look as a measuring stick for, for playoffs. Um, but I still believe hopefully 56 games is going to get played by everyone, but we will see in that department. We've seen like we, St. Louis is playing Arizona seven times in a row now. Like that wasn't the plan. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's, 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 <laughs> that's pretty brutal. Seven. That's a playoff, series. <laughs> playoff yeah. series. Yeah. That's a playoff series that needs to go to game seven. Like, like or they don't have any choice. Series. Yeah, they don't have <laughs> yeah. a choice, and they're not playing for anything. I mean, you, they are, but you know what I mean. That's just it's tough for them to stay motivated to play the same team seven times, or they're just gonna hate each other, which could also be awesome. Or it could be both. <laughs> or it could be both. Yeah. Hopefully, they play each other in the playoffs. That'd be funny and go seven. Oh games. man, if they play like <laughs> fifteen games against each other over the entire crazy. season, it would be crazy. Yeah, this, that would be awesome. Actually. I mean, it's gonna happen at some point. It right? is it's gonna be decisional games, so it's gonna happen. Hey, in the Canadian but, division, for those teams that are playing each other ten times, they play each other again in the playoffs. You get seventeen games against one exactly. team. Exactly. Uh, Minnesota back on the ice. They're skating in. That's always good to see. Same with New Jersey. It seems like both those teams, Colorado as well, have been off forever. Mackenzie Blackwood, man. Mackenzie Blackwood. Blackwood. Dude. That's <laughs> you see that tweet last week? I forget who it was. He was like, uh, Minnesota or Mackenzie Blackwood is the only current active player on the New Jersey Devils. Uh, so basically, it's like every other night. Oh, right. <laughs> <laughs> Such a shot. Such a shot. I had to he's going to get a lot of usage if he's the oh, only he's active great. player. He's great. And hopefully, the Devils you know, start to surprise me too. We get some believers. I'm not too sure that we'll see that Buffalo back in action on Monday too. So it's good to see that. So this show is going to have a big trade focus to it. We're going to run through the trade market. Who's getting traded a lot right now and what they're going for. 
Uh, we're going to look at players we'd want to trip market target on the trade market. We'll give you a few of those. And then we're going to look to a new segment here. Let's go right into it. We're going to call it the FHN trade generator. So we've, uh, we've put together a few trades here that we think are relatively fair. And I'm going to run through them, guys. And you guys are going to tell me which side you'd be on and basically why. So the first one we got here, and really they're both pretty good buy low candidates right now. And Malkin for Zabinajad. Malkin for Zabinajad. Who, got, who would you rather have for the rest of the year, Kyle Kagan? I, I think I go with Malkin, to be honest. Um, and this is just from eye tests. Neither of them have been putting up the stats we'd want them to. But Malkin seems like he's more on the puck. He's more active in the play. The play is being centered around him. He's kind of driving it a little. Versus Zabinajad seems very passive to me. And Malkin has more of a track record. So I could see Malkin picking it up much quicker than Zabinajad does. So I'm going Malkin. What about you guys? Yeah, I'm doing the same thing. I also think Malkin too. I actually was offered this trade in one of my leagues. And I, I, I'm the Malkin owner. And uh, I still wanted to side with Malkin just because of the fact that he is kind of low-key producing right now. Like, you wouldn't really know, but he does have a four-game point streak. He does have points in five of his last six games. And, you know, not – albeit the, the multi-point games aren't necessarily there, but he is shooting the puck. He is scoring goals, and he's contributing to a lot of plays right now. So I'm still siding with Malkin uh, just because – I do think he's more of a safer bet for production, but I would think that Zeba's ceiling is higher, but my risk tolerance, especially within that league where I don't necessarily have the greatest team right now, I do want to kind of side towards more surefire production. So Malkin for me is, uh, is who I would side with here. Yeah. I mean, I'm going, I'm going with Malkin. I I'm, I'm just surprised how long it's really taking Zeba to get going. Like it's, it's not like they've been one of these teams like Florida or the Avalanche or Winnipeg that was. I'm sorry, not Winnipeg, but one of the teams that were just any other team that's having these issues where like it's stop and startages. It's just that why can't he get it going? Like what is going on there? I mean, I'm obviously taking Malkin because this guy's got one goal, a couple points. Mm. I don't know. I don't know what's going on with, uh, with, like, I don't know if it's like a mental thing with him right now, if it's just not confidence or if it's, it's really all that being taken off that half wall on the power play and it's just affecting his confidence. I don't know. I, you you kind of have to go with Malkin at this point because it's just like Kyle said, track record. And then you put into the fact that he is on a four game point streak. There's nothing that's going to make you want Zebra right now. I guess is what I'm getting at. This might be a uh, historic moment in our show because we're all in agreement. Like, uh, yeah, I, I, I think uh, Zeba's going to have, Z- listen, I don't, I think he's at rock bottom right now. Maybe it's starting to get up. I think I've watched him a couple times this week and he, he actually got robbed by Tuka Rass this week. He got robbed. It was very close. He actually had a really good game that game. A um, bunch of chances. It's starting to come, but like you said, Malkin seems like the safer choice right now. Points in four of his last five, four game point streak. Has more of a track record. Zeba does has been scoring goals the past two years at an elite rate, right? But but the, like you're saying, Stephen, there's nothing that makes you want to take him right now, right? Two percent shooting percentage too is like crazy low for him. So that you still think that'll come up, but how much, right? So Malkin seems like the safer choice, and, and someone I, I would definitely take too. 
you know, that shooting percentage at 2%, it's going to come back up. He is going to average out. You can pick up – if you can get Zebo for someone less than Malkin, like, hmm. you could possibly have a steal on your hands if he does regress to the mean. But I don't know if I would want – I would just have to take Malkin in that scenario. Yeah, I'm going through the trade market right now, and there are some ridiculous trades for Zabinijad. You have Stasny, who's borderline droppable for Zabinijad. You have Kachur for Zabinijad. Um, you have Andrew Kopp for Zabinijad, Sean Monahan for Zabinijad, Tori Crew for Zabinijad. And I'd rather have Zeba in all of these trades, to be honest. Yeah. So yeah. you throw out trades with random people for Zabinijad, and it might work, depending on how desperate the Zeba owner is. So we're not saying to drop him. We're not saying to trade him for pennies on the dollar, but we're just saying he doesn't have much value compared to where you drafted him at. Well, this was a guy who was drafted in the first or second round of most of your leagues, right? So even if you are that Zabinajad owner, you should never, ever, ever, ever make a trade for a waiver wire guy with that placement. Like that makes no sense to me. It's just, it's poor roster management. It's poor asset management. Even if you trade for a guy, like if you're scared and you really want to get the points and maybe you're worried about postponements or anything, anything like that, and you trade for like a mid tier forward, like I even have some issues with that. If you, if I have Zabinajad, but Trading him for a waiver wire altogether guy, like a waiver wire player altogether, like a cop or a Statsny, like that makes no sense to me. That really does, does not. Like, I know you're worried and I know you're freaked out, but that is just no value at all going back to you. That's, that's not productive for your team. Just uh, pointing back to what Kyle, those trades, Kyle, like I don't think Zeba, based on his current value, is like Zeba for Monahan, Zeba for Krug. I don't think those are terrible deals. To be honest, especially more so for Krug. At least you're getting a defenseman who's putting up decent points, good with blocks as well. Um, he definitely picked it up lately too. He had a slow start, but you know I think he's got about nine points now or so. Um, so that I would definitely take Krug in that deal. But it, like you're saying, like you're not getting that first round, second round value for him right now. It's it's just not happening. So let's move to trade number two here. And the guy has been on fire really lately. Christian Dvorak, seven goals, six assists, six power play points to start the year. Uh, Christian Dvorak for Matthew Kachuk. And let's not, let's think of this as a standard points league, not when, not a bangers league. Okay. Cause I think bangers leagues, most mm-hmm. people would definitely leap towards Matthew Kachuk, but standard points league, who are you taking Christian Dvorak or Matthew Kachuk guys? I, I definitely go with Kachuk. Um, it also depends on the scoring of your league, right? In a standard Yahoo scoring league, Kachuk is ranked ridiculously high, like 18th because of his peripherals versus if you're in more of a points and assists type league with, without much plus minus, Dvorak is much more viable because obviously he's on the Coyotes and they tend to give up a good number of goals. But I want to say Dvorak so badly. I want to get that. <laughs> I want to get that soundbite, but I can't. I got to say Kachuk. He has the track record, but Dvorak's looking really good. And you're forgetting that he missed a whole bunch of games this year already due to postponements or he missed three due to injury, I think. So he, he's a really, really, really good buy low candidate to me. Yeah, it's definitely an interesting trade. I mean, if you're looking at the lines, both Dvorak and actually Kachuk, they both play on the second line. Um, Nick Schmaltz is the first line sentiment for uh, for Arizona right now, but Dvorak does play on the top power play. They've been looking pretty good at that power play. And the Calgary power play has gone a little stale lately. 
I still want to say Kachuk just because I, I automatically bias towards that Canadian division just with the scoring and whatnot. Like if you're going to play Vancouver eight, 10 times a season, like it does add up. And if you're playing Winnipeg and all these guys who are like leading the lead and expected goals against and goals against, it adds up. So I do want to, I, I am going to say Kachuk, but Kyle, I'm right in that boat with you where I really want to say Dvorak. They both have played the same amount of games. Dvorak has 13 points in 14 games. Kachuk, 10 points in 14 games. But another thing is just the shot volume too. Kachuk is averaging more than three shots a game to Dvorak's two shots per game around that number. So I lean, I just also am biased towards the shooters too. You just figure that this pucks will start to go to the back of the net more for Kachuk and more for that line altogether. I will say Kachuk, but it, it is definitely close. Yet again, we are all in agreement. However, I do believe this is pretty close. Um, like Christian Dvorak has been, he's been excellent. He has been excellent. He's not currently playing on the first line, but he's getting first line minutes, averaging just over 19 minutes of ice time, which is about three minutes higher than his previous season. So he's getting way more of an opportunity this year. But what does scare me is that he's currently shooting at 23%. And his career average is 13%, which is actually very good as a career average. But 23% means he's kind of shooting out of his mind right now. I, I don't think the production is going to fall up a map, but I do think it's going to come down a bit. Kyle, you mentioned that he's a buy low. Like this guy could be a buy low and a sell high at the same time. You know what I mean? Like, I, I think you should try to get something that you could really be a bit more productive, a bit more consistent throughout the year, a bit more of a safer option. But if you could also buy low on this guy too, yes, go for it. Try your best. You buy low on that name, right? Like that's yeah, the, that's exactly. the only way that you're going to get to buy low on 13 points in 14 games. Yeah. Or, or sell high, right? Like you said. No, seven goals in 14 games too. He's scoring a goal every other game. Um, but Matt Kachuk is to me, it's close, right? And I'm going to give the tie to the division. And right now we mentioned it last week. Like I just feel safer having teams playing in the Canadian division. We're talking about post moments. It's happening left, right, and center right now. And and I, it's it's. I'm not trying to make it too much of an impact on my decision making, but it is something I I, I do think about. And tie goes to that. Tie goes to the division right now. Okay, so trade number three here. We're gonna look at a guy who's definitely had a fantastic start to his career, and that's Kevin Lankinen, Chicago's goaltender, rookie goaltender. And it's off to a hot start. So maybe you can start to get something, maybe a bit. With more of a track record here, you can feel a bit more confident going forward. So one trade we put out here is Kevin Lankinen for Carter Hart. Which side would you rather have for the rest of the year? I, I feel like that's a bit lopsided, no? Like, is it though? Hart, I, I think Philly's a better team. I think Carter Hart's not a rookie. I mean, Lankinen's playing out of his mind. I don't know. I think I'd take Hart 10 out of 10 times, though. Yeah, so me Kevin, too. It's yeah. not even like Hart's playing worse this year. Hart's on a pace to have 21 wins versus Lankinen's 20 over an 82-game season. Um, Lankinen's been starting to get figured out a bit more. Get, give me Hart all day. You know what? I'm going to play devil's advocate here because I'm sick of the agreements. I'm going to say I'm gonna say Lankinen, and I think it's more so for those category leagues. If you have Lincoln right now, he's playing fantastic with respect to the, obviously the wins and goals against average save percentage, but I don't see the wins sustaining, but I certainly see the saves continuing. And on that note, 
the save percentage still kind of staying around that. I think he's at the 915 mark, I believe, right now. Yeah, because right now he has a 925 save percentage. Like, that's insane. Carter Hart is 897 right now. Yeah. Yes, but Ty goes to Philadelphia over Chicago. I, I, I agree. Gonna, but it's agree. not about that. It's about the volume here. Yeah. It's about volume here. Carter Hart's had nine starts, nine, five, and two. Kevin Lankin has had 11 starts. He's six, six, two, and three. Which I know, but Philly just missed like five games or four games. Yeah, exactly. okay. I, I said, I said, yeah. sorry, I said Carter Hart is nine, five, and two. I might mistake. He started nine games. He's five, two, and two with an 897 and a 3.49 goals against. Philly it might be the better team, but they're playing a tougher division. They do, and they play tougher teams on a night by night basis. You're also forgetting that, uh, that Philly's last five games were postponed. And that Carter Hart started the season really rough. And he had a game against Boston where they lost 6-1. If you look at the majority of his games, they were not forgetting. I, I remember. <laughs> it's just, it's just like, I think Lincoln has been better. And I don't think it's going away. I think he's a I really think good you, goaltender. I'm thinking I'm sensing some Chicago bias. Can we, can, we get, can we get another jersey bet here? Oh, what I'll make a bet, but I don't want to make a jersey bet here. I don't want. I don't want. <laughs> uh, I feel like if this is a jersey bet, it's uh, Jason. I'll, I'll, I'll make a money that like like Lankinen might finish with more points from this point on. But it's got to be more than money. It's got to be something you, entertaining. What do you need you know? more than money? It's money. <laughs> you don't want. It's, you don't it's the entertainment experience. We want an experience. We. It's, what do you want? You know the money. Do you yeah. want a poster? A what Kevin Lincoln poster. Kevin Lincoln I want a Kevin Lincoln in poster in my room. I want to wake Besides up to see Neil jersey. <laughs> I want to wake up to see the Mackenzie Blackwood and Kevin Lincoln in posters right on my wall. Jace, I'll make a poster bet with you. Okay. If uh if Carter Hart has more points rest of season, I get a Carter Hart poster. If Lincoln has more points, you get a Lincoln in poster. I think the toughest part about this is going to be finding a Kevin Lincoln in poster. <laughs> I'll make one on Photoshop for you. <laughs> Honestly, I'm down. I'll do it. I'll do it. This is this is this is just good, clean fun. I'm going to go for down, it. Mark down the date. It's Valentine's Day. It's Valentine's Day, and Kevin Lincoln is one of my true Valentines. So I'm going to get a poster. I'm liking it. Let's do it. Man, I'm excited. I get one, the, a jersey of the best player in the league, Neil Pionk from Avery. I get a Carter uh, Hart poster. Uh, I'm not sure if you've been checking those stats lately, lately, but they're pretty close, big guy. Okay. Voretsky's back. <laughs> Seth close, Jones is going to come back down to earth on that power play. I'm not too worried. Pionk got his first goal of the year lately. We're uh, still looking good for my boy, Neil. Okay. So we're talking fantasy points here. Are we talking about most more fantasy points between Lankanen and Hart? Yes, in a standard Yahoo League. Standard scoring. Okay. Standard Yahoo League. All right. I'm game. Listen, I'm going to have my Kevin and Kevin Lincoln in poster right beside me. And under that Kevin Lincoln in poster, I'm going to have a, a replica of his Vesna Ward that he's going to win this year, too. And uh, I guess I'm turning into don't, a Kevin Lincoln fan. So don't forget the Calder. And the Calder. You're right. You're right. You're right. You're right. This is a big year for Kevin. This is a big year. He actually is my pick for Calder at this point in the year. He's been playing amazing. Yeah. 
He has. Yeah, 925 save percentage, Kyle. Don't you forget it. Okay, so flipping our focus to the trade market, who's actually getting dealt right now? Just looking at transaction trends here, you know, and if you're not using this tool on Yahoo, you should definitely check it out. You can go to the research section on your, on your Yahoo page, look at the trade market, look at transaction trends to see who's actually being picked up, being traded. It's really useful. But just looking at it, you've seen yesterday, Patrick Line was traded 46 times. And to me, Patrick Line is a really good buy low candidate right now, but he's going for people like, you know, Connor Hellebuck, um, Nugent Hopkins, Ryan O'Reilly, um, which are which are actually pretty decent trades. They seem relatively fair. What do you guys think about Patrick Liney right now? I just I don't think I would want to trade him. Like we know what he can do, and I know what happened in that first game or that benching. Like I understand, right? But when you've got someone with that ceiling, I kind of want to I want to feel it out. I want to wait a little bit before I'm thinking about trading him. But obviously, people aren't thinking the same way. I mean, if you can pick him up by low by all means go for it yeah i wouldn't trade him if i had him though yeah i agree i'm not looking to sell line right now if you look at his stats he has four goals and an assist in five games with columbus his usage hasn't actually been that horrible he has 21 minutes 18 minutes 19 and a half minutes he had that 11 minute game but then he went back up to 20 and a half and then 15 and a half so he's still getting played in columbus it just people are worrying about torts and i feel like if you have been an NHL coach for that long, you don't stay in the league by benching your best players that often. He was teaching a lesson. He was new. I'm not too worried about Lina. I'm, I'm with you. I, I, I'm not too worried about him either. Six goals. He only played seven games this year too. People kind of forget that. Six goals in seven games for a guy who apparently isn't playing well. Um, but let's uh, let's move on to target number two here. He's being traded a lot, and he's a perfect sell-high candidate right now. He's off to a fantastic start, and that's Joe Pavelski. Joe Pavelski is being traded a ton. And the trade I see here that I really like, and listen, it can work out for both sides, but I see Joe Pavelski here for Matt Barzal. And, and I love that for the Matt Barzal owner. Barzal is, is flying right now. He's been off to a great start. Um, scored again last night. And I just have more, more confidence in him being a consistent point producer all year. As to Pavelski, Pavelski is, he, listen, he's a great player. He's, you know what he is. He gets the front of the net arguably the best at tipping pucks in the league and he can score goals. He's been doing it like, like some crazy power play numbers right now. And I just feel like that's going to drop. I feel like you should, that's something to take advantage of. Um, Jace, what do you think? No, hundred percent. Like if you're talking about guys who actually like really own the play and really contribute to like offensive zone time and offensive zone puck possession, Matt Barzell is one of the wizards there. So I'm a, I'm a big Barzell fan as well. So the guy who got Barzell in that deal, I think that's a great deal for that person. Not that even that Pavelski's been bad. You said it yourself. He's been fantastic. But if I'm thinking about who can sustain that pace, I do think that Barzell is way more likely just because of how much he contributes to that team's like underlying possession numbers. Like he is fantastic in the offensive zone. His puck possession in the offensive zone is it's unrivaled. Like it's really insane in zone entries too. It's, it's crazy just watching whip around the ice and just really control the play. Pavelski's 36 years old. That's what you have to remember. He's not going to keep up in 116-point pace over an 82-game season. It's just not going to happen. Right now, it's his peak value. I'm trying to sell him. Even though he's a great player, he's just not going to keep up this pace. Uh, yeah, no, 100%. Like you, you realize that with this condensed schedule, 56 games in such a shortened period of time, it's tough for the older guys too. Like we've even talked about biasing our picks towards youth 
just even from the beginning of the season. And like this schedule, there's a lot of wear and tear and it's tough. And I, I will side with the youth and I guess that, that younger style of game, just because it's easier for those guys physically to just keep that pace continuing. Yeah. He's got 17 points in 12 games for a guy who's never been a point per game player. Like he, he's a fantastic player. Don't get me wrong, but never been point per game. And he's going for guys like Patrick Kane. Someone traded Patrick Kane for Joe Pavelski today. You know, it kind of reeks a bit of collusion, but, but still Patrick Kane for Pavelski. Oh. <laughs> That's absurd. Yeah, it is a little absurd. Uh, target number three here. And he's another prime buy, buy high candidate or sell high candidate, sorry, is Tyler Toffoli. Tyler Toffoli. Steven, he's getting traded for people like, like Evgeny Malkin. You know what I mean? Like, 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 what would you do with someone like Tyler Toffoli on your team? You just tell him. Like, I mean, unless he still has this affinity to just score against teams that he used to play for, and he just continues to do that because he's playing in a, a division where you continuously play Vancouver. I don't know. Unless you believe that, keep him. Other than that, sell him. Because, like, we know what Tyler Toffoli is. He's a 50-point player that shoots the puck a lot and scores goals here and there. And he's always done that, but it's not like this is a breakout season for him, in my opinion. I think he's the type of player that gets hot. We saw it last year when he joined a new team in Vancouver. Seen it here at the beginning of this go. I, I see him coming back down to earth really quickly, just like the rest of the Montreal team. I think the Tyler Toffoli that plays Vancouver is just a fantastic goal scorer. But the Tyler Toffoli against other teams, he's just – he kind of reverts back to normal there. Like – He's got 10 goals this season. Eight goals are against Vancouver. And granted, they play him another four times, another four or five times. But like he, he doesn't necessarily have that same goal-scoring potency against the other opponents, against the much better defensive opponents. And, yeah, if you can get guys, like I saw another trade to Foley and Hall for Panarin, which I think is more even, but still an interesting deal too, nonetheless. If you can get those guys, like those upper echelon scores for Tyler Toffoli, that is 100% worth your while. 100%. That's a relatively fair deal, actually. The more I think about it, Hall is not – I wouldn't put Hall on the same level as Panarin right now. Like, Hall's really good, right? But Panarin almost had an MVP style or, you know, he was he was candidate of heart. He wasn't going to win it last year, but he had a really good year last year. Toffoli kind of picks it up or continues to play half-decent. That's a pretty fair trade, actually, but I just... Sorry. That's the type of trade that depends on the depth of your league, right? If you're in a super shallow league, the Panarin owner obviously wins. But if you're in a deep league, it's pretty good. Yeah, it's not terrible. I think Panarin's a, a tier above, so I wouldn't I wouldn't do that, personally. I think... And I kind of think Hall's value is going to come down a bit. Like, actually, Skinner's skating with Hall. Or Skinner, Skinner's skating with Eichel and Reinhardt right now, I believe. So that kind of worries me a, a tad about what Hall's value could be season-long. Um and Toffoli is a sell-high candidate. I don't think let's, – let's preface it. These guys are all extremely valuable fantasy assets, but it's about recognizing when people are, are playing above their expected value and capitalizing on that. Like, that's proper asset management. Uh, so Tyler Toffoli, a guy who has 10 goals in 15 games, but eight of those came against one team, it seems like someone you could probably sell high on, right? Get a player who probably has a bit of more of a consistent track record. And, and as great as Tyler Toffoli is, right, his career high is – 58 points. So 
So that's kind of the, the, the top floor there I see, right? Like I don't see it getting much higher than that at this point. So let's shift our focus a bit again. And let's look at guys now who you three are individually targeting on guys you really want on your team and maybe the strategy that you're looking to get them for. So Steven, let's start with you. Who are you looking for and what's the motive? Yeah. Okay. Well, you know, what's important to think about and even ties back into the, you know, what we've been talking about all podcasts really trading. And a lot of the time we've been saying there's a winner and there's a loser. Like someone's getting the best part of the trade and they're the only winner. I mean, you know, here's an example of what I was looking at yesterday. I'm in a, it's a, it's a small roster league. So I've only got a couple of players on the bench and I've got five defensemen. I got Dowdy, Petrangelo, Wierenski, Ellis, and Deline. And I don't need five defensemen. I don't have enough roster spots. I don't, I'm not getting enough man games to have one of my bench players being a defenseman. So I want to target using Dowdy because he's had a good year so far to try to upgrade one of my forward spots. And I'm going to give an extra piece so then I can actually have another forward that I pick up off the, off the waiver wire. So in this scenario, I was training Dowdy and I was trying to sell high on Kevin Hayes. And I was looking at Johnny Goudreau. I like that he's in a Canadian division. He's had a great start to the season. He's a good player all around. I'd be upgrading my forward slot and getting the, the you know, the need of removing one of my defensemen without losing the value and still getting an upgrade. That still happens. Now, in some cases, right, like the, someone who gets Dowdy and needs a centerman, Kevin Hayes, could still continue to produce. Dowdy's a good defenseman in a bangers league or in a categories league. We both win. I may have even overpaid in that situation, but I'm getting what I want. I upgraded the situation and I got value for that fifth defenseman that I eventually would have had to draw. Mm -hmm. So just I, that's someone I'm looking at is Johnny Hockey. I think he's going to have a hot year. I think he's going to have a nice bounce back year relative to last year. And I think it's just important to think about that overpaying isn't always meaning that you're losing. There can be winners on both sides of the trade. It all matters on what position your team is in, what their position in and really the league you're in. Yeah, and I think that's a really good point to, to key in on there is that overpaying, like obviously you don't want to overpay too much, right? You don't want to give up too much value, but like you have to understand when it is okay to overpay. And when you're getting an upgrade at forward, if, you're, if you're, your goal was to upgrade at a certain position and if you accomplish that, as long as you're not giving up too much value on the back end of it, it makes sense, right? Like you, you've accomplished what you set out to do. And, and to me, that's a, that's a good strategy. Um, Jace, let's look at you. Who are you targeting and, uh, what's, uh, what's the way of going about it? Yeah. So I think that there is definitely a strong recency bias within fantasy owners. And I think a guy who's probably getting a lot, not too much love right now, but is a really good player, Sean Couturier on the Flyers. Couturier hasn't played too much this year. He's been obviously hurt from the, I believe the third game of the season, He's on IR for a bit. Philly's also been postponed over the past week. And I think that's just a recipe for buying low, realistically. This is a guy who had 59 points in 69 games last season and is a really solid 60-point scorer. And uh, he gets trusted with a lot of minutes on that team. They're obviously a more scoring-by-community or scoring-by-committee team, but he's always been getting trusted with top six minutes and he is he's a really he's turned into a really good offensive threat on that team top power play time as well played on the pk he's 
he's Patrice Bergeron on the Flyers, pretty much. So that is a guy I'm looking to to acquire right now, and I think you could really get him for pennies. Like I, I going through the trade market this morning, I saw Couturier for Eberle, who in some leagues is still a waiver wire player right now. So if you can get Couturier for something as cheap as that, I think that's fantastic. And I wanted to talk on another topic that Stephen mentioned before. We're talking about roster size here. That is another really important thing to consider with trading. Like I'm in a pretty small roster uh, size team as well in one of my other leagues, and it's a category league. And frankly, if there is some scarcity within the defenseman position, the goalie position, I don't mind overpaying, like Steve said before, to get one of those guys, situational trading and I think people don't realize that in those small roster leagues, there's still a decent amount of good players on the waiver wire too. So two for ones are a really good strategy to get better players, but at the same time, give you roster flexibility, which is huge, huge, huge. So crucial, especially for those smaller leagues. So that's something else to consider when you're looking at your team, your current situation and how you need to approach these trades. It's you're not wrong. It's just easier said than done to kind of make a two for one, right? It, like yes. the manager, the other guy on the other side doesn't really love the idea of doing a two for one normally too, right? So you do have to normally give up value. And, and that's kind of another thing that needs to be discussed. Like you always have to like give up something, right? Like it's really hard to make a, a, a trade in fantasy hockey these days where you're just completely fleecing a guy unless it's collusion, right? So that's, that's you kind of have to understand what's legitimately valuable and the kind of the mindset I look at when I'm sending trade offers, obviously you try to send some offers where you can catch a guy sleeping. But the, the mindset I look at is like, if I received this offer, would I say yes to it? Would I legitimately look at it and think, hmm, this could be helpful. And if it's not, then like, you kind of know the answer. You know the answer already. Um, but Kyle, what, do, what are you thinking? Last guy here, who are you targeting and what's the move? I'm targeting Teravinen right now. Look, he's had a really rough start to the year with only two assists in eight games last time I checked. And he hasn't played that many games because of COVID. But if you, if you look at his stats, if you look at him with the eye test, he has amazing chemistry with Ajo. He consistently points up, puts up at least 60 points in a full season. I, I'm still high on Teravainen. Uh, I'm trying to trade for him. Um, but to build off Avery's point, don't be that guy in a league where if I see you offer me a trade, I automatically think I'm going to reject it <laughs> before, before <laughs> I even look at the trade. Because once you get that reputation, it's so much harder for you to actually pull off a trade. So send, send valuable trades. Send trades where the other person gets something back and they feel like they're not getting fleeced and you, they feel like you're not wasting their time. Because there's a couple people in our leagues who I feel that way. And I, I'm sure you guys know exactly who I'm talking about. No, that's, that's a really good point. Like if you get that reputation in your league as someone just you can't trade with, it really, really hurts your chances of winning a championship. Like realistically, to win a championship in most leagues, you need to make some trades to improve, you know, the depth either a defense or forward or goaltending. Like you won't have the perfect team right from the very get-go and you still need to tweak those, tweak your roster to get to the point where you need to be. So the value gained or the benefits gained from fleecing a guy, they are far less than gaining that reputation of someone who's just making trades to just look and improve their roster and just rip off everybody else. It's a really, really, really bad rep to gain. 
I mean, yes, you're right. But at the same time, you mentioned something there. Like, you should always be trying to improve your roster when you're making trades, right? Like, that is the point of trading, like, at the end of the day. So, um, you're not trying to fleece. You're trying to provide – you're trading good faith. That's all we're saying. We'll end with our last segment here. Then we'll let you go. We'll really run through this briefly. Our shocking behavior fantasy studs of the week. I'm going to lead you off here with a guy who's been – mostly, if you picked him up this week, he was probably on your waiver wire. 23% roster. I'm going to mention Chandler Stevenson here. Um, he's had four goals, two assists the last seven days, five shots on goal. He's productive. He's playing on the first line with Vegas this, this week with Mark Stone and Pacioretty. Fantasy hockey stud of my, the week. How about you, Jace? So this is going to be a funny one because I might not ever say this guy's name again on this podcast. Or I might, but it might not be in the same sentiment. <laughs> I'm going to go with Mike Smith as my socking behavior fantasy stud of the week. And listen, started two games this week. He's had a 38 save shutout. Like, that's a fantastic, fantastic stat line. Like, if you get that in a game in a week, especially in some points leagues, that could potentially win you a week. And this guy, like his second game too, he only let in one goal, I believe on 28 shots. He's got a 9.85 save percentage. Just a 0.5 goals against average. That's fantastic. And that 38 safe shutout was also against the Montreal Canadiens, no less. So not a weak team. So that's that's impressive. Mike Smith, he's, I mean, it's not like there was a huge goaltending controversy to, there to begin with. I think they all kind of knew that Nico Koskin wasn't the best. But those two games, the first two starts of the season after a prolonged IR like time, that's impressive. I'm going to go with Mike Smith. Jace, what you said actually really hurts me there because I'm playing Mike Smith in one of my matchups. I'm down 22 points and he's put up 36 for my opponent. So he single-handedly has defeated my team this week, it's looking like, but it's okay. I beat Avery with a goalie pickup in week one. So that's what fantasy hockey is all about. You yeah, rub it you in. You can't get too hmm. upset. But my pick of the week, I'm going to go with Patrick Kane. Look, he's just amazing. He hasn't even put up that many goals. He only had one goal this week, but he put up six assists. He's still shooting a ridiculous amount, 14 times. Love to have him on my team, especially in the keeper league, even though he's on Chicago. I just can't stop talking about how amazing this player is. Pa- Patrick Kane. He always just finds a way to be a top five player in fantasy, regardless of who he's with. So I love Patrick Kane too. Steven, how about you? I've got my boy Cam Atkinson on the docket. Seven points in three games, shoots the puck, power play points. Even his plus minus has stepped up compared to what it was doing at the beginning of the season. He is, uh, looks like he's trying to get going and kind of speaking to what he'd been speaking to at the beginning of the season where he was going to talk about a bounce back season because he had all this criticism and it didn't really start too well. Columbus wasn't scoring a lot at the beginning of the season. Even Bjorkstrand's picked up a lot of their players as a change, you know, Dubois gone. So I got Cammy. He did me well. I did want to comment, Mike Smith. Can you imagine having picked up though, you know, in a categories league where you need three goalie starts? If you got two goalie starts out of Mike Smith this week, you're laughing. Can't ask for much more. So also, I just want to talk about there. Um, I'm gonna make a petition to free Oliver Bjorkstrand. Uh, it's I'm just gonna probably release it later today or maybe tomorrow, but. <laughs> Torts hates goals and just wants to reduce the amount of points for his lead point getters. So 
free Oliver Bjorkstrand. Let's make that trending on Twitter, guys. Jace is a bitter Oliver Bjorkstrand owner, and I and I get it. I kind of feel the pain. Yeesh. His ice time has been decreasing every game, it seems like, lately. And um, Cam Atkinson, we thought he might be the odd guy out with, with Lina coming in, but it does not seem like that is going to be the case. Rosnick, his usage yeah. is insane. 19 yeah. minutes at every single game. <laughs> and he's putting up a ton of shots. I really, really like Rosnick as a pickup. We haven't talked about that yet. He's only owned in 43% of leagues. Look for him. He's going to keep it up. He's probably been the best player in the deal so far. <laughs> he, he has. I don't know how we haven't talked about him. He's got nine points already. <laughs> only played like, a game. He, you know, like he was a first-round draft pick, and he's 23, 24. Like, is it crazy to think that he does break out in a new situation that's not filled with offensive talent like Winnipeg? And it's a situation where he loves, right? Like, he, he's he, home. He, he's home. Like, he wants to be there. So, it seems like he... He's in a really good spot and only currently 43% rostered. So definitely a good little interesting pickup going forward. Is he picked up in our league? Yeah. I'm, yeah, uh, I'm not sure. I don't know. He's on my team. <laughs> I, don't, so. I don't know if it is. I, I, I know he's picked up now. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> As the person who's leading the league in points this week, I don't think it's a coincidence that I brought the on my team. <laughs> Good. Throw a little uh, compliment your way too. Why don't you? Honestly, like this guy, <laughs> if I can plug in my fantasy team, my successful fantasy team this week, oh, I'm going to do it. The other ones are well, losing a couple by of them a lot, are really so. rough. I, yeah, I did talk about how Mike Smith single-handedly beat my team, so it's not like I'm I feel not like there might have been other contributors to that. Well. There's probably other contributors to you losing outside when, when of you're down team. 22 and a backup goalie picks up 36. You single-handedly got beat by a backup goalie. I don't care. <laughs> Maybe he's not a backup goalie anymore. Maybe he's not. Is that your hot take of the week, Mike Smith, starting goalie? Are we going to have wait, a Mike it, Smith? It, the hot take should be Mikoskinen or, or Miko Koskinen was ever not a backup goalie. <laughs> like I know he got signed. I know he got signed, but I just don't know if these off. are hot takes. Yeah. <laughs> Mike um, Smith or Carter Hart? <laughs> come on, now. He's not come on now. I know, I know, I know, I know. Mike Smith or Vasilevsky is a better question. Listen, I'm not making a poster bet over that, I can tell you. All right? No, 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 no. All right, all right. I think this is a good place for us to wrap it up. Um, lots of fun today. Lots of fun today. It was a good little chat. Lots of trademark discussion. Um, Kevin Lankin and Carter Hart. Who's getting the poster? We'll see. We'll keep you updated with that. And, and uh, Seth Jones is still better than Neil Pionk. <laughs> and as always, follow us on uh, Twitter, Instagram, at the FH Network. If you want to send us a message, uh, any advice needed, we're always open to that. We, lo- we, love, we love it, to be honest. So send us anything you need. We're always here for you guys. And we'll chat with you soon.